0: At this point, every information portal is saturated with mindfulness content. But this show is a unique, unusual, curious take on mindfulness. Some of what you hear will be completely new to you. Let's dive in and take a look at the nature of the aware mind. I invite you to deepen your awareness so that you may be liberated and inspired.
1: We are here with Sarah Vallely, mindfulness teacher, coach, and author. Sarah has been teaching meditation and mindfulness for the past two decades, training and certifying others to teach mindfulness. Sarah is the author of four books. Her latest book is titled Tame, Soothed Well, The 55 Teachings of TSD Mindfulness. On today's episode, we discuss different types of internal conflict, as well as how to resolve internal conflict. And Sarah actually takes me through a couple of internal conflicts that I have and then helps me to resolve them. I'm Jacob DeRossett. We are here with Sarah Vallely.
0: Thank you. Some examples of internal conflict are perfectionism. I need to complete all my tasks by a certain time and in a certain way versus I'm tired and I need to rest. I need relaxation. Another example of internal conflict, fear of moving into certain mental states or certain emotional states. You might be thinking, I feel sad about certain situations in my life, but I can't let myself feel into those feelings because I don't want to fall into depression. Another example is setting boundaries in relationships. You might be thinking, I need more time for myself, which means I need to tell my partner versus I don't want to upset my partner and create conflict in a relationship. And one more example of internal conflict, lack of motivation. You might be thinking, I want to gain more energy by exercising regularly versus another part of you. I feel burnt out and I want to veg out and do nothing. The reason internal conflict is no fun is because it causes frustration, anger, despair, stress, fear, helplessness, and confusion. It leads to some pretty uncomfortable states of mind and emotions. One of the important steps to resolving internal conflict is becoming aware of those opposing motivations, of those opposing voices in your mind. And the way not to resolve internal conflict is to suppress motives that you don't want to deal with. And it really helps to have a trained professional lead you through this.
1: Why do you think that this even happens? Like, why is there ever a conflict in ourselves?
0: Internal conflict is often rooted in past trauma. Not always, but often. And the reason is because when we experience trauma, we automatically try to rationalize the trauma, but we can never rationalize trauma. There is never a rational reason that trauma happens. So we have to pretty much make up a belief that's incorrect, such as it was my fault. I'm not good enough to help rationalize that situation. And then when you have shame like that, when you have these shame beliefs, that's definitely going to cause some inner conflict. Also, trauma causes us to feel emotions of abandonment, rejection, and betrayal. And we might tell ourselves that we're weak if we feel those emotions. We might tell ourselves we need to stay positive. We might be worried that feeling certain emotions is going to lead us to depression. That's going to create internal conflict because we do need to experience some of those deep emotions.
1: Are you familiar with the parts therapy or internal family systems? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know much about it. I've only actually listened to maybe one or two podcasts about it, but they really distinguish between the different internal, like parts or internal voices, and and, and to help resolve these conflicts. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's almost like I prepped you for this episode, which of course oh, I yeah. didn't because I never do. But never do. No. <laughs> I have a tool that I've created to address internal conflict that I'm going to go over with the listeners. It's based on parts work, uh, oh, and inspired yeah. by internal family systems, but not not exactly that type of work.
1: I have so many questions, but it feels like we need to kind of almost figure out who's here, who's at this party, and then we could talk about them. I think. <laughs> yeah, that,
0: yeah, that's exactly what we're gonna do. Okay, yeah, uh, and just a little bit more about internal conflict in general. It can also be because of this human. A practice that we all do, which is our rational self versus our emotional self, creates inner conflict. Some philosophers talk about inner conflict being rooted in a struggle to be our true selves, that we might feel helpless, completely incapable of being our true self. We might consciously choose to not be our true self due to certain obstacles. Trying to be authentically who we are can create a lot of internal conflict.
1: If I'm Aggressive or angry, I really struggle with those emotions. When it's like, "Oh, I'm angry today," I really struggle with wearing that emotion and knowing how to deal with that. So it's caused a lot of suppression, and that was a lot of what I had to go to therapy for was those moments of uncertainty about how to handle my negative emotions. That's been the biggest thing that I've struggled with, knowing how to just allow that to just be what it is and how to to translate that in a way that's positive.
0: Yeah, I think that anger. Does it puts us into this place of really being afflicted about who we are and how we should react and what should we do? And I think that makes total sense. I definitely experience internal conflicts about being my true self. I was just journaling last night about worthiness and where I struggle with that. And I think when you're in a great place of worthiness you are your authentic self. And when you're operating out unworthiness, you're not your authentic self. And so those are some of the struggles that I have. I know intellectually that my worthiness is not based in my accomplishments, but deep down, I still have this core belief that my worthiness is only dependent on how much I accomplish.
1: When people say true self, what do they mean?
0: When you're in anger, resentment, or blame, that might not be completely your true self because underneath that is usually sadness or pain. However, anger does have a purpose in certain situations.
1: Man, I'm listening to this series right now by James Lowe. Everything's just a pattern that emerges in thought. And going like even deeper with the what is thought experience, it's pretty incredible. It's like labels like true self. I'm like, what does that even mean now? You know what I mean? Do you ever do that where you go so deep on something that you have such a deep like experience with somebody's explanation of something you have a hard time orienting back into like Mm -hmm. normal language? Have you ever done that? He was talking about like a tree is a tree, but in another language, it's another language, Uh but it's a tree, but the tree is actually an experience. It's a pattern. It's happening. And we say tree, but if that word got removed, the tree, the thing that we call the tree is still there. And it's like, what is happening? Like I'm driving around, like what, what is going on
0: Yeah, I guess that's one of the ways that you and I differ, which I think is great because yeah. we complement each other. But totally. I, as soon as someone starts talking about philosophy, I just start to tune out. I'm just See, like, that's
1: perfect because yeah. I am the same way with studies. So it's perfect.
0: There's that famous Buddhist story about the rain is in the paper, you know, that interconnectedness, the, yeah. the sun is in the paper, yeah. the sun shone on the tree, and the rain yeah. in the tree, and the tree was made in the paper. I'm like, I don't know. So what? <laughs> That's my favorite stuff. I love that. That's so funny. Going back here to inner conflicts, I believe our inner conflict is usually related to how we address difficulty. So maybe we can just take a moment and ask ourselves, how do I address difficulty in my life? How do I act when there is difficulty in my life? What do I think? What do I feel when there is difficulty? And that's usually going to stem to inner conflict and show you some of the ways that you deal with inner conflict. Healthy ways of addressing difficulty, ask yourself, is this something that just can work itself out? And maybe I don't even need to fret or go into this whole analysis part.
1: I had to go to FedEx yesterday and I have a low tolerance for errands. I feel hugely inconvenienced by that. It feels like a big difficulty in my life. But now I've been trying to to keep in mind, this will never end. I will never not have errands. I need to just embrace this.
0: What you are talking about is acceptance. And so that's a really healthy way to address difficulty. Another healthy way to address difficulty is acknowledge the difficulty and give yourself compassion. This is difficult i'm a human being and having a human experience which involves difficulty some unhealthy ways to address difficulty are overthinking and over planning we find ourselves in a difficult situation and then we say that's okay i'm just going to get myself out by doing all this thinking and analyzing and over planning and that works until you go into burnout (laughs) devaluing yourself those are other terrible ways to address difficult situations I see that there are three types of inner conflict. One I like to call totalitarian, a dictatorship. And this doesn't necessarily feel like an inner conflict because there's a part of yourself that's just taken over and you're just 100% going in a certain direction. But technically, an inner conflict because there are other parts of you that don't necessarily think that's the best way to go about whatever you're doing. Another type of inner conflict is saboteur. Different parts of you are moving in a healthy direction, but there's maybe one or two parts of you that is pushing you into this more unhealthy direction, such as shame. And then there's healthy inner conflict. Inner conflict on its own isn't necessarily bad. A healthy inner conflict is when we're mindful of many different perspectives and we lean into the most healthy option. Well, out of those three, what do you relate to?
1: saboteur for sure yeah because okay we've talked about this with dishes before that is like an example of that you'll deal with it later because you have so much going on why do i need to put that off i I have time right now i have two minutes i can do it you know what i mean so that's like an example in my mind of like a saboteur situation where i am setting myself up for failure later but again it's overthinking over planning like kind of like vibe that gets me there like I have all these things to do. I'm th- I'm going through in my mind these checklists and not living in the moment. Of you have two minutes, this is going to make your life easier later. You need to do this now, mm-hmm. and that kind of carries over through every area of my life.
0: So it sounds like in that inner conflict, you have practicality or rationality. Yep that that voice, that perspective, and then you have what might be another perspective you have.
1: Well, it's it's like a it's like a procrastination, but but it's really I guess more of a prioritization of obviously the dishes aren't as important as my job. I could go to work every day. No one would ever know if my dishes aren't done, but my wife knows and, mm-hmm. and I know. So it's a prioritization of I need to get this done, this thing done right now. Or, mm-hmm. you know, and so I'm like overwhelmed with planning and overthinking that I can't get out of that for a second to stop and do this thing in front of me. I will say since microdosing, I have noticed that I have been able to go one step farther with those things. Moments where it's like, I'm at the gas station. I'm going to stand here and wait for the pump. It's like, I should clean out my car. And that sounds so simple to somebody that doesn't struggle mm-hmm. with things like that. But I really struggle with stuff like that. I really, really do.
0: You're in the split, right? There's half of you that wants to do something for your wife to make sure that she's happy. And then the other half of you is, wants to make sure that you're a good employee at your job and doing everything that you need to do there. So he kind of gets this like gridlock.
1: There's this great book I read right after I got married called The Three Marriages by David White. Have we talked about that? It's incredible. He details that you have three marriages to yourself, to your spouse and to your vocation and they can be at odds, but he talks about how to make peace with each of those. A lot of times the vocation will usually take over. I think a lot of Americans are like that too. And then myself is so equally split between my wife and my vocation. I struggle finding myself within that as well. Mm -hmm. Really struggle with taking time for myself outside of work or with my wife.
0: That seems like such an iconic inner conflict. I have a tool that was inspired by Angel Collinson. I am a little bit of an adrenaline junkie myself, my mountain biking and my snowboarding and one-wheeling. In my spare time, I love to watch documentaries on extreme sport athletes. Angel Collinson, what... She does is she gets in a helicopter and the helicopter takes her up to the top of a mountain and then she skis down the mountain. That's not like a place where you go skiing. (laughs) When she's at the top, she can't see the first part that she's going to ski down. She can't even see it until she goes over the ledge and starts going down. I mean, it's so steep. So I was watching one of these documentaries with her and she said, Fear has a seat at the round table in my mind, meaning that fear is respected, but fear doesn't run the show. This tool that I have is called the round table, and it's about all the different aspects of yourself that you're bringing to your round table during your inner conflict. So here are some of the perspectives that you might be bringing to your round table. You might be bringing fear, self-doubt, shame, anger, joy, freedom, rationality, conditional thinking, which is if this is true then this is also true or if this is true then this is not true pain sadness ambition pressure might be at your round table trust protection or agency compassion surrender self-doubt and confusion these all are all some examples of some mental states emotions perspectives that might be sitting at your round table when you are in a inner conflict the idea is is to Consider your inner conflict and then consider who you're bringing to your round table in your mind. And I like to keep it to eight seats. You might have a perspective there that's so big and influential, it's brought its representatives. Fear might be taking up three seats. And then once you identify who is sitting at your round table, then the next step is to write out such a great journaling activity, write out what each of these perspectives are saying. I can give some examples. Fear might be, I'm scared of that something will happen. I'm scared something won't happen. Self-doubt or shame could be just basically not believing in yourself, devaluing yourself, thinking that you are lesser than for certain circumstances that you're in. Rationality, there is no need to get emotional. That would be an example of a rational perspective, an example of conditional thinking. Remember, it's that if this, then that. If you're 51 years old, then you shouldn't start a new venture. Ambition and pressure is very common. An example of that might be, I need to work on my resume or I need to get all my appointments scheduled. Trust. I trust that this will unfold in the best way possible. Protection. I need to speak up for myself. Surrender. I'm going to stop trying to avoid the situation and just lean into it. And maybe confusion might be, I don't understand why I keep getting stuck. Who's the strongest at the table? Is it fear? Is fear the strongest? Is rationality the strongest? I was working with a client recently on this and she was bringing so much compassion to her round table. And looking at it, we realized that the compassion part was getting in the way of her resolving this conflict, of her advocating for herself. She had so much compassion for the other person that it was getting in the way of her being able to advocate for herself.
1: So I've been very, very busy at work and I've been really Mm -hmm. struggling to do my practice. I still listen to a lot of meditation related things, but actually sitting and then journaling two things that I have identified as like those really need to be in my life. And I've started having to get up earlier and get to work earlier. And it has really thrown a wrench in that for me.
0: Okay, so to make sure that I understand the scenario is you are in some inner conflict about getting to work earlier.
1: I need to go to bed earlier so I can get up earlier so I can do my meditation so I can do my journaling. One issue is though it's so early it's very hard for me to have clear thought in the morning. I'm so kind of groggy. Uh, If I wake up before 7 a.m. it's really tough for me to do to get anything out of meditating or anything out of journaling at all. And then the other thing is I have to cut off time with my wife at night to do it or I have to take time out of my work day to get in my journaling and meditation. I have to cut time with my wife. I have to lose sleep time which is not ideal or I have to take time out of my work day.
0: Yeah so it sounds like it's Finding the time to keep up with your journal practice while at the same time doing all the other things that you are dedicated doing. Let's consider what perspectives you're bringing to your your roundtable here. Is there any fear? Are you afraid of letting anyone down?
1: Yeah, afraid of Having to take time away from my wife, it's kind of like a non-negotiable. I won't do that. We have a limited amount of time together every night. It's a couple hours Mm -hmm. that we always share, and that's just mandatory. Yeah. And then the other is fear of losing sleep.
0: Your wife, and it's a non-negotiable to not give up time with her. That sounds like you're bringing faithfulness to the table. Yeah. Yeah. So faithfulness is there. Fear is there. Is there any doubt or confusion?
1: I mean, doubting my ability to like take time away in the middle of the day it would be a form of doubt, I guess. Fusion about like, when the hell am I going to do this?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it sounds like there's rationality there. You bring in the rationality of there's just not enough time to do everything.
1: Yeah. But then I'll go into a, a, why is this happening? Or why am I experiencing this emotion? Then I'm like, well, you know, if you were journaling, you'd probably be able to keep track of these things a little bit better.
0: I think there's some conditional thinking that's going on here. If I don't journal, then blank, or if I do journal, then blank, what might be the conditional thinking that's going on?
1: So this is interesting. So I actually struggle with being abusive with positive things. I will say, okay, I am only my best self when I journal and sit. My wife will actually request times that I take off of my uh, my self-help's activities because I become abusive with them. I get very (laughs) obsessive about it and I have to take Um, periods away. So then I understand that taking time away from it is a good thing for me, Mm -hmm. strangely enough, that because I become so obsessive
0: about it, becomes too much, too much of a focus. So, out of these ones that we mentioned, fear, faithfulness, rational thinking, conditional thinking, is there one that seems overpowering, stronger than all the others?
1: Conditional thinking. I have an idea in my mind that these things have to happen at a certain time in the morning. That seems like a conditional thought there that, like, obviously, if there's, if it's a 20 minute window, I have a lot of those throughout the day that this could happen but i've decided it has to happen in the morning yeah
0: who is not at this table or who's at the table and you're not really listening to or has a really quiet voice who's
1: so i struggle with this this may be tough for me to think about i mean there's i mean i could imagine quite a few what are you hearing that needs to be here
0: what i'm seeing based on who's at the table and what they're saying is that some of the missing perspectives here is compassion
1: Yep. Right? Yep.
0: Compassion usually for yourself, self-compassion. <laughs> An example of self-compassion in this particular situation might be, I'm loved and worthy of love no matter whether I journal or not, or I move into flow whether I journal every day or not. Something to let yourself off the hook a little bit. One that I think would do well being at that round table in your mind is surrender. You know, some, some surrender. Well, what might surrender say in this situation?
1: I will add those in, but my immediate question is, but how do I fix it? Well, how do I do it though? It's still not happening and I want it to happen.
0: Right now we're not trying to fix it. All we're doing right now is making sure that the voices that need to be at the table are at the table. Got it. Got it. And, and using mindfulness to tune into these perspectives more. Yeah. So again, if Surrender were sitting at this table in your mind, what would Surrender say in this situation?
1: That it, that it's fine. This is the season of life that you're in right now. And it's going to change. You will get this back. And if you don't, are you a bad person? No, this is the the circumstances that you've been dealt. And you have to handle these circumstances as well as possible.
0: And also, the surrender voice might say, there's only so many hours in the day. And there's only so much that I can do in a day. And I'm just going to do what what I can in, in those hours. I don't have to be everything and do everything. My philosophy is that we Create change when we use our mindfulness to be aware of what's going on in this circumstance, being aware of the perspectives within us, and then gentle reminders. And so in your case, those gentle reminders about compassion and surrender.
1: Okay, now, off air, how do I fix it? No, <laughs> you told me how to be okay with not doing it, but I want to yeah, get yeah. it done, though. That's the whole thing.
0: It, it's what, basically what it comes down to. I think you're stuck in this because of the lack of self-compassion, and when you yeah. bring that self-compassion in, you're going to let yourself off the hook and feel more in flow about it. Totalitarian.
1: Totalitarian. totalitarian. <laughs> totalitarian. Now it sounds weird. Totalitarian. Totalitarian, yeah.
0: Total. Totalitarian. Totalitarian.
1: Totalitarian
0: totalitarian.
1: The Aware Mind podcast is a TSD mindfulness production. Please visit our website at tsdmind.org. That is T as in tame. S as in soothe, and D as in dwell. Mind as in mindfulness.org. Check out our blog post for this episode with links to supplemental information such as worksheets you can use to put into practice the mindfulness skills shared in this episode. Also, please sign up for our newsletter and receive mindfulness tips. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at aware underscore mind underscore
0: podcast. Thank you.